The following audios the expressed opinions of the hosts and guests and do not reflect investment advice or recommendations of any kind. All funny jokes or just jokes, so don't get it twisted. I like it. Is the title of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Throw yourself off a cliff, rock back and forth. Um, there you go. Anyway, uh, we're getting started a little bit later today. I know you got some tech difficulties or updated the devices. Uh, there's a few great ideas that I've been pulling apart and then writing on, but I want to hear what the hell happened. With good. Right. Whatever on. your device is. Yeah. yeah. So, Oh, it's been quite a week. So um, what's today? Thursday had to have been Monday. Monday, I noticed that my Mac keyboard wasn't clicking very well. And then I noticed that as I was closing it, it wasn't closing all the way. And then as the days went by, I mean, it actually was like by the hour, my Mac was just swelling up. It was like it got a sprained ankle, dude, like in the center of it. It's, it still is like uh -huh. the balloon and like not sturdy. Can you hear that? It's just like, like that's just me. Is it running around on the floor? That was crazy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't no. think that's a computer. <laughs> um, no. Um, and so like this thing is still just blowing up like a balloon. I don't know what's going on. Like it, I feel like it's going to implode very soon. So I had to buy a new one, um, which was fine. I got a new little MacBook Air, like the cheapest option. I got it in black. So it looks really cool. It's really clean. Uh, yeah. So that just came in today. Now, a new discovery with this thing, it came in today. I wasn't going to do the time machine backup. Have you ever done backups from one Mac to a new Mac? Have you ever done that process before? Yeah, in like 2012. That was yeah. a hassle. It's just, it's just annoying. And I don't want all the crap that's on my old Mac, all the stupid stuff that I don't care about anymore on the new Mac taking up space. So I was like, oh, I'll just like put, plug in a USB drive and put what I want to keep on the USB drive and then funnel over to the new one, right? Genius. Uh, part of this blowing up is none of the ports work on my old computer anymore. Oh, get a USB to come in, and I was like, I don't understand what's going on. I don't want to time machine this, so I went with option three, which was I'm just going to iCloud iCloud it, right? So I say okay. gigabytes of data to my iCloud um, took forever, then pushed it on from the iCloud onto the new laptop. Now, here's what really got me today, man. Here's where I've had to have some trouble is I have a document. Well, I have a couple of documents. Every year I have a running document called Random Flow. And every day I get in there for 15 minutes and I just write random crap. Hey, yeah. you're an idiot. You shouldn't have done this. Hey, this is a really awesome idea. You should do this. Like just things that I'm thinking about, right? It's like a, it's literally like a journal. Um, it's my favorite document. Like, like if I ever make it big, I'm just going to show a biographer like, <laughs> these documents and be like, read this and you'll know who I am. Right, dude. You'll make it big in about six years. So I go from iCloud to the new computer and it hangs up. And I'm like, what's going on? So I exit out of it, do it again. And it's like, oh, these files here are already there. You know, would you like to keep, replace or whatever? And I'm like, oh, I'll just replace. Um and then oh, no. open it, and it's not freaking there. Like the, uh, you know, it was like a file, um, a folder. It was a folder, right? So it copied the folder again, but didn't copy anything inside of the folder. So it just copied the name. I was freaking out because it deletes off of iCloud whenever you move it off of iCloud onto the laptop too. And it deletes off of my old laptop when I move it to iCloud. So it was deleting at every point along the way. Um, oh so no. Hour freaking out, like downloading some like, different tools to try and do recovery stuff. Cause I thought that my entire three years of, of struggling through life was going to disappear forever. Um, and literally right as you uh, messaged me to get on the call, I figured it out, dude. So Apple has a restore function in their iCloud.com. Um, and I had to dig through a ton of files cause I've copied over like a thousand files almost. Um, but I scrolled through every single one of those to find the ones that I needed. And I got them. So we're nice. good. I am currently looking at the random flow 
from 72722 to present. Um, and it is here. So I couldn't be more Wait, excited. I'm it's only day. It's only one year old, the document. This one is. No, I have I have more. I haven't gone all the way back to 2019. So why do you not have them on Google Docs in the Google okay. Drive and Cloud? I guess I could. I started them in pages and I just kept them in pages because you need to, yeah, you need to move that ASAP. That's true. And that's true because everything else transfers fine, right? Because I just literally all I did was download Google Chrome and like, you know, open up all the Google profiles and it's like, cool, I'm right back to where I was, no problems. But this was the one problem. So um yeah, I mean over time I'll probably start migrating there, but for now, no, that's a tonight task. It's a control a command a highlight everything open big a new files, google doc paste they're big files. take i mean it'll take a minute i mean they're like i, I think oh no 250,000 words they're like books um, hell yeah so, dude i want you to let's spend the next eight to ten podcasts <laughs> just you reading word for word everything in there Oh man, the self-criticism is way too strong. It would be bad. <laughs> Get that man some help. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, I'm really sorry. Um, man, it's okay. I, but I got, I'm not, I'm not sure that you figured it out, but you should move that stuff. I know. I should. But the new computer's ready. The old computer is going to explode. It continues to swell, dude. Like I wish I could get the camera here for you, but it doesn't close. Any Look here. See if we can get a camera here. It doesn't close past this anymore. Dude, how old is that thing? Uh, 2015. I mean, that's not that bad. That's how uh, old mine, my old one was before I just got this one. Yeah, too. I think you should get one like every five years or something. So seven years is like, okay. Push, cool. yeah. So, Dude, proud of you. That's a good call. Plus, Emerging Oaks paid for it. So that makes it even better, right? Oh, man. Speaking of, I uh, I know you hate this. Uh, I love QuickBooks. They have this function where you can plug in and then set auto reoccurring and then other types of payments that you spend with your own credit card. If you like siphon it off and then categorize it as like business expense. Yeah. And I was like, what, what does this mean? And they, I don't know if it's more AI enabled or what, but I just typed in everything that I'm like, Oh, if I go here, it's usually grabbing coffee or something like with a meeting or client meal or something pulled all that data took 30 seconds maybe i was like what just happened dude people are just that's pretty good that's pretty good. enabling so many more automations to their business did you or use existing that businesses did you use that tool no i wasn't using quickbooks i was using uh, other other things but so i mean the quickbooks what? It was, uh, at 49, it was a lot more like Tinder. So, so like what you would do is you would pull it up and it'd be like swipe right for business, swipe left for personal. And you could just like swipe left or right. And then it would just like add them all up and you would have it. Wait, uh, QuickBooks or what? Yeah, I think it was a QuickBooks tool. Um, it was definitely a QuickBooks tool. I don't remember what it was. I probably, I have the app on probably like an old cell phone or something, but that's what I used to use for like, like if, if I would go um, on a tribal day, right. And pay for gas and pay for coffee. And yeah. Like, nice lunch or something after the travel day i would get home and i would open up the app just like swipe right a few times swipe left if there was like personal things from the night before or whatever and then but it would have to be like your credit card right so i, I connected all up. cards to it i connected all cards yeah, yeah. you're saying That's, you're not connecting cards i gotta to look into that yeah no i have i yeah. just like it, it wasn't like auto generating doing it for me yeah, but oh, that's that's the new thing. Yeah, the the fact that they generate for you is cool. That's very cool. I'm like, that's amazing. Obviously, it's like, hey, please review this, and you know, you just look it over. It's even it's faster to freaking auto generated it and then reviewing it. But at least you don't have to do anything besides like, yeah, that all looks great. Confirm, or they may miss yeah. one or add one. So you switch it. I I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. It's a total tangent into what we didn't really need to talk about, but I am glad a you got the computer. B, you're just figuring life out. You should do something very fun with that old computer. It's been okay. through a lot with you, yeah. which is great. We're gonna do something very fun. Not All right, 
but test the limits. We're going to redline it until it dies. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not smart, but you know, it takes their own. Um, so I got, I got somebody interesting that I want to tell you about. Um, this guy here, you're probably going to love them just based off of what I'm talking about right now. But he started a energy hedge fund called Skylar Capital Management. And then... L-A-R? Yep. And then he has his own smaller investments uh, and then another hedge fund. Um, You know what's so funny, by the way? Bill Perkins. Before we go into it, before we go into it, you know what is so funny? How we have that Twitter, that financial advisor Twitter that like the handles, like what's your AUM? (laughs) It's so funny to me that when I Google that, when I Google Skylar Capital Management, the first suggestion is AUM. Why do people obsess over that? It's so funny, but they do. They do. It's like. They do. And it's, I mean, it's like honestly, Google SEO, they put it up at the front because apparently that's where people want to click. Yeah. That's part of the problem. With their dick size of, you know, hanging on their pants. That's it. That's what all people want to know. What's your AUM, man? How big are yeah. you? Tell me how much money you have. That's why I normally just don't wear pants anywhere. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Show them off. That's it. Um, okay. So, Bill, BG, Opalesque, Geneva. Ger- oh, this is Gerald Balboa. This can't be the right guy. Uh-uh. Bill Perkins, Houston. Skylar Capital Management, LinkedIn. Okay. Tell me about him. Why is he so special? So he's a very young guy, but I was listening to him, or not the whole thing, but he did a podcast with this guy named Peter Atea, who goes through tons of different aspects on life and longevity of life. And Bill Perkins, who has made more money than, you know, 99% of humanity with these different funds and how he lives his life has a very unique mindset on giving or donating money to charity and like when to do that. I was initially drawn to him because of that and what baskets capital is and how I try to implement that with, you know, all the financial investing and funds. But when I was digging into his stuff here, I said, this guy is like, if you and I were from the same dad (laughs) and he was going after all these tiny or great looking you know, businesses, oil and gas related for the most part, and then put them all together and his compounding, you know, ROI is phenomenal. Um, So I did a little bit of a deep dive and I thought throw some stats there at you, but I mean, he's been doing it for 20 years or 20 plus years, I should say, and doesn't allow more incoming investors. He promotes um, type of business, oil and gas meetups, networking. And then he constantly just treats his job as a complete social platform, which is unique because there's not a lot of people talking about energy and gas or his thing is mostly natural gas. Um, okay. businesses or companies. Yeah. But I thought, man, getting all you can from your money in your life. So is he like a uh, Warren Buffett guy who's like, I'm going to stack all my money up and then give it away when I die? No, he he's the opposite of trying to give it away when you die. He says you should give it away ASAP. So you staying and living with your money right now is not more helpful to other nonprofits or charities, even if you leave a sizable amount of money because you grew it via compounding interest and then you died and that kind of makes sense but it's more theoretical than saying you know leaving more money 20 years from now than giving right now you know it's a very philosophical question very philosophical question right because if you wait and you're compounding well i think mathematically you give away a lot more money down the road however However, if you wait, it's like all of the lost opportunities that didn't exist because you didn't give money whenever you could have, right? You can almost be more impactful if you give it away today. I should, that's very interesting. I should read his book. I see his book on here. He seems he looks like a cool dude. He looks jacked. 
<laughs> he seems awesome. Um, I would love to talk to him. And he's in Houston, so, I mean, odd enough to try to reach out. Go to Houston this weekend. Yeah. I think it's dumb that he invests in space tech, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Give someone some When I see hashtag space tech, I just think, God, that is so stupid. All right. You write the best cold emails for setting interest. So you do that, and then I'll coordinate the travel, and we'll go meet this guy. I could get get in front of this guy for sure. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Give me your opening line. What's your pickup line? Uh, honestly, what I think I do is I say, Hey, I have a natural gas investment that I want you to look at and boom, he's going to be in Oh, a little bait and switch, look a little bait you. and switch, a little, You're a little catfish, gonna aren't up. you? I'm going to show yeah. up and the natural gas deal is not only already funded, but it's like 25 wells. And he's going to be like, what is this about? I'm going to be like, actually, man, I just want to talk to you about whatever. Um, and we'll see. So, but yeah, dude. Obviously, that gets us in the door. Yeah, is a, I, I guess I need to look at the fund and see what he really invests in. But yeah, if he's really a natural gas guy, that gets in the door right away. How yeah, is Maxwell oh, going? Probably knows my cousin. Uh, Maxwell isn't the natural gas stuff, but Maxwell's fine, I guess. I mean, we got to wait for um, the government to come back and say if they're going to give us contract or not. But it's there. At some nice. point, start reaching out to other people to see if we can drum up, drum up some other business. But I have no desire to do that, so I gotta wait. <laughs> allocate that to somebody else. Okay. Yeah. I mean, kind of do what you want, I guess, if that's the case. Um, so I've got something else in terms of the natural gas stuff, and I wasn't gonna bring this up, but you just reminded me. Um, there's this guy named. Nolan Wahlberg. Am I saying this right? Let me pull him up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Austin? Yep. Yep. I need to find him. Exactly. Um, but he has a company that I kid you not is wrapped up in being able to put out these little shipping container units. Oh, yeah. For mining? Uh uh-uh. uh, better. Not Bitcoin mining. We're getting mushrooms out of these suckers. Oh, I so see. So he has a company. I've seen this called guy. Called JCN Farms. It's a yeah. website trash, but love the guy, so it doesn't matter. Agricultural technology company using vertical farming practices to help create a sustainable future. Our vision is to normalize how people access and connect with clean, nutritious foods while finding food insecurities, malnourishment, food waste, uh, food supply chain shortages. So they're all here in Austin. Um, but if you go to their they're site, the University of Texas. none of them are uh-huh. actually graduated. Uh-huh. So this leads into the mega thing that I'll get into in a second. But keep looking. Are you on their site, JCN Farms? Yeah. Click on what we grow. And then it's just like, we are sustainably growing gourmet mushrooms in solar-powered off-grid containers with growing methodology methodologies patented by our partners. And then you can see the different mushrooms that they grow. And they've got to have some business plan specifically for like, I don't know, why they cho- chose mushrooms and everything else. If you click on their privacy policy, it's amazing. It's like, it's coming soon. <laughs> um, but I, I freaking love these guys because you're right. They're all in school. If you look at all of their photos, they clearly climbed to the uh, top of 360 bridge and took photos. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Except for their CTO, Ryan Perez. Who's who probably missed, like, yeah. He missed that day, unfortunately. <laughs> they all got those blue polos. But here's the cool part, man. Um, University of Texas at Austin, as much as I hate the school for their football program, their sports, they have a huge culture and community of entrepreneurs and people starting stuff. I I went and did like a more filtered search through LinkedIn and just typed in Austin and then founder or co-founder. And less than a year or less than two years in that role. 
and there are hundreds of people in Austin. And I'm thinking, wow, like, I didn't know there were this many types of companies and what does this look like? I keep going through one by one. Half of them are still in school. And I love that. Um, more so, it got me thinking on, okay, there's so many of these kids. They clearly all have that entrepreneurial bug. If I was a VC and looking for early stage company startups, which pretty much all these VCs are, I would just start reaching out to every single one and saying like, hey, come to our office. You know, we're not looking maybe to potentially fundraise, but if you guys ever get to that um, cycle or stage, let's talk. But then you just set up all these intros. These are a bunch of kids that are trying to run a company. They're working really hard, but I guarantee you they'll have the time to come to some office in Austin. But you could just clean up, right? If you had or found some of these companies out of, I don't know, 415 are phenomenal. That's amazing. Dude, you would either be able to partner with VCs or you could partner like I texted or sent you that thing on Tiny where you could just get, um, you know, their finder's fee, your acquisition fee, whatever. Hey, but more you're, importantly, you're, you just you're keep connecting. Or ahead of yourself. You know what we need to do? Kill them. We need to hit up Chris Wilder, the CEO, today and say, hey, do you want to be a guest on our podcast on Thursday? Chris Wilder? Oh, why this guy. Not, why are we not interviewing these kids, dude? And like, and and just diving into the business and figuring out what the business is all about and getting to know them a little bit. And they're I mean, going to that. Yeah. And they're going to be all about it. And dude, I mean, this is like, and, and then we get into your idea, which is like, okay, if the business is good enough, dude, I can go raise capital to buy into this thing. Or we can just be a strategic partner and like help them scale it. Right. Because these guys yeah. are, these guys are in school. They haven't, and they, they haven't gotten out into the world to try and do this stuff. No. Like, let's but just, I love that. They're in school and do. their their biggest trip probably of that year awesome. was yeah. No, I think what this company may end up doing, I actually want to figure out exactly what the business plan <laughs> might be. But I don't know anything about mushrooms, right? No, no, no. We totally can. Um, but I think you're right. Being able to with all of these UT schools, dude, that that is a totally good angle for this podcast for local Austin support. It's just like, let's get these kids on. Let's give them a platform to talk about what they're doing. And oh, absolutely. That's I a mean, beautiful plan. It it's more important to kind of figure out what they're building, how they're building it. But then I I want to understand like what's the most important thing to them, right? Because I will say. And this isn't everyone, and this doesn't have to be JCN, but maybe a ton of these kids or people starting a company are doing it because it's a fun hobby and it takes nothing to set up a website, right? Or even start doing something. Or it's because but, of class project, right? I mean, these kids have class exactly. project entrepreneurship or they yeah. got a business, but still, like, they want it to work. I did one of these when I was at OU. I mean, like, I was in the I was in the physics program, not the entrepreneurship. But somebody in the entrepreneurship program that was in my fraternity hired me onto the thing and like made me part of the team to do some coding stuff. Man, me. that's where you got the bug. That's where I got the bug, maybe. And but here's the dude's like, let's just go put these kids. Let's give these kids a platform. I think it's awesome. I think that if you have that list, let's hit them all up. Let's do it. Sure. No, I think it would be easy um, to get connected, do something like that. But let's talk through this a little bit more because I am very interested in understanding like what type of content a bunch of founders and entre entrepreneurial people want, right? Like I'm wired that way. You're wired that way. And there's thousands of different resources or newsletters or podcasts or whatever. I mean, technically this one is, we haven't even gotten into market stuff, but point being, if there's so much out there and it is heavily saturated, what's a way that you could stand out? And then what's a better way to, I don't know, create that long-term plan, right? So if you had 
if you were like product hunt and you became really popular because every time someone wanted to launch, they could go to your site because you had all the news, the latest news, latest launches, startups, et cetera. Great. If you were to go to AppStumo, you're just seeing like a bunch of B2B SaaS companies and they've got killer discounts and deals on their site. And they're pushing a bunch of startup content out as well. Um, but those startup so, content and those companies aren't kids. Like the, the angle is kids that are in college, bro. Like kids that are still trying to figure stuff out that are just so young. And the market sure. is kids that are in college, right? The market becomes them and all their friends. So we're not appealing to the Twitter obsessed or, or Twitter famous guys and, and running in the same market as like MFM and those guys. We're in a totally different niche and a totally different market. Um, like it. And, and I think that's the angle, right? I think that's it. And we don't have to be the best startup podcast ever. We just have to be the best startup podcast interviewing kids that are still in college making businesses and help them figure their way, right? That's it. Um, and then the I, think you're, I think you're totally right. That angle of these kids are, you know, maybe from nothing, maybe from a lot of money or in between, but they're in college. And nobody's going to give that guy they're a doing, Sure. Yeah. I mean, MFM did something where I thought it was pretty cool. They, what was it? University of Michigan and some pseudo 30 second pitch, Shark Tank style, come do this. Right. But if I were a smart VC, and I realized, or I treated it like finding companies like the NBA or the NFL does, technically, you could make the argument that there are a lot of players in college that due to the you know one and done rule or playing overseas, they're a lot better than lots of players on current NBA rosters. Yeah. And they're just going through their college experience and they're wanting to maybe get better in college, but a ton of them that become superstars will do the one and done and take off. But they're still going to college yep. for the time being, being forced to. And, and the I think as a VC, you could go find and just have the, the same look. discovery is important, right? Because, because what we're doing here is, I think that while it would be interesting to learn about the mushrooms and learn about the unit economics and how they make money and all of that stuff, that's great. But they're all doing that for their project. What's awesome is to get a feel for like who they are as people, right? Because in VC world, when people are that young, they're almost never working on the right project, but we can still tell if they're the right person. And for yeah. us, that's creating a network of these people that are like the next up and comers, right? Like, like whenever we want to start a VC when we're 40, we're going to have a list of a bunch of 28-year-olds who are ready to actually blow up and do something. Um, and yeah. we have the list, you know? If these kids, yeah, if these kids are 20 and they're just crushing it and A, you have the relationships and if they have some ventures and you could be kind of the early into that uh, type of capital, that's awesome. And then they turn 30 10 years later and they may be even doing something like crazy bigger. It'll be totally different. Um, but I think, yeah. All right. So talk through this. How do you, how do you capitalize on this 20 year old, 21 year old in college, let's say at UT and he's got his friends and he's doing this company growing mushrooms. What's the best way to start working with him? Start with the podcast and see. Right. Who knows? Like, like, oh, what do you need? Is there ways that we can help you? How can our network help you? What can we do for you? Right. Like, let's just let's just get involved. The more we give, the more opportunities are just gonna like pop up. Yeah. That's my thought. That's my thought. And so what it's gonna be is it's gonna be like entrepreneurship school, right? For us and for them, where it's like, and that's sure. what you need too, right? I mean, that's what's unique about all the other startup guys that you listen to on other podcasts. The content that people like, regardless of age or whatever it is, is content of things that they don't already know about, right? Something unique when they learn about, go what was it, goats, right? And how goats are economically going crazy. Um, 
right? They're they're skyrocketing prices, like you talked about. Or I don't even talking about the cashmere goods. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Like like people like to be informed on things story. That they know about before, right? And so growing sure. mushrooms with solar panels or off grid is something that people don't know about. And so it's like, why would we not talk to somebody about that? You know, um, and that in and of itself is good content. And then it's just like, well, we're giving them a platform. Now we have an audience too, whatever people they come with. So I think that's brilliant. And I hope that they okay. listen to the podcast before they come on the podcast with us. And they're like, oh, we see their plot. Well, I will be freaking wide open with our plot. Our plot is to grow this thing off of the backs of the hardworking entrepreneurs at UT. Uh, and, and in turn, they will grow too. So that's, that's the strategy, dude. Symbiotic relationship. No, I think it's good, right? Yeah. Having interviews or just talking to lots of different businesses like this can explode. That is, you know, call it more MFM roadmap. Like they, Sean started that with, I think, doing a bunch of interviews and then shifted it to it's more conversational and they just go through some business ideas. I mean, that's very similar to what we kind of do right now, but no market approach or things, but I think there's a missing piece in my head of like, there's hundreds of founders currently between the ages of 18 and 22. They're going to school somewhere in college or somewhere in Austin. I, I, I kind of just, yeah, I want to connect with them, but also figure out like, what is it that would help them succeed the most? You know, that's what we'll do on the podcast, right? I think that will come. I think you're right. We're missing that, but I think that's going to come organically. We don't know because we haven't talked to them. That's one of those things that we haven't talked to the customers. So we don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it would help if there, if you or I had like a few exits from like successful exits from some businesses or some track record, because a lot of these guys and gals are starting their company. I think they would prefer to like learn and listen to a lot of people going through, you know, the baloney of running and starting a company. And then also, the success stories of, yeah, I sold my company for $83 million and took me five and a half years to get to that level and sold it all and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think they can that get that to me. Is, Every podcast is about true. that. And I think also like there's no lessons in success. Um, all of the lessons come in failure. Success is always... <laughs> Breeding, it really is, dude. Success is the breeding ground for failure because all of those people who succeeded in an exit are convinced that what they did was right, right? Um, and so they'll coach these kids to do it that way. And nobody takes into account luck that's involved in that process. Um, yeah. So honestly, I think that failures have a lot more to offer in the first place and places like, hey, here's how you don't do this. Here's where you don't go. Um, that provides, I think more information than, Hey, here's how I did it. Follow along. Um, yeah. and, and here's the problem though. And this is the rub is the, the, the value to them is here's, here's what not to do. What people want to listen to is here's how I did it and made it big. Right. Nobody wants to listen to the, um, what million investors that have tried to invest exactly like Warren Buffett and been completely unsuccessful. Nobody wants to hear about that. They only want to hear about Warren Buffett and how he did it. Right. Nobody talks about, um, right. This is the reason why you don't trust reviews with doctors because anybody that would write a bad review is already dead. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, that's the whole point. There's survivorship bias. Um, and so I don't think so, man. Yeah, but it's also, it's the shine you want to listen and learn from people that have succeeded because what's the difference between them and the thousands that didn't, maybe they'll share that. And then that's what you're after. Like, Oh, you decided not to do X, Y, Z when you were going after this demographic or pushing this part of your business or did this marketing strategy. 
like when I listen to stuff, that's what I'm really trying to pick apart is, oh, I know this guy that I'm listening to this podcast from reading this newsletter is really good at blank, right? Social media marketing or something. Let me listen and then actually take notes or figure out what some of the things that he's doing that make him successful are, and then I could use or implement or not kind of a thing. I don't know if that puts me as like the vast, vast majority, but I yes. think that's why a lot of people want to listen to successful people. So like, you just repeated how did what you I get said, there? Right? You just repeated what I said, which is the actual value. But I said it better. I said it so much better. <laughs> right. The actual value is in what not to do, but what people want to listen to is the success stories. That's just it, right? That is it. Like what, what gets listeners is the success stories. What people, what's actually valuable information is what not to do. Yeah. That's the truth. And so you, you nailed it. Yeah. You like listening to what people did successfully, but what you're not listening to is the other million people that did it just like that, that were unsuccessful. And there were a million mm. people that did it just like that. There always is right. Um, there's always an element of luck at every stage that people don't take into account. And so, right. It's so, so the question is, who are we giving the value to, right? Are we giving the value to the people we're interviewing, which I think is the important part or value to the listeners. And I think that if you give value to the people who are actually interviewing, the listeners will come. It's like a long-term play of, think, yeah. about, it this way. think about this way. It's all about, can we give valuable information on what not to do or what to do, right? We can give valuable information. We've been in the game for what, six years. We can give valuable information. We have valuable information, even if we don't have a $100 million exit. So that valuable information, if it makes those people succeed, people come to the source for the information. Okay. Who has like succeeded that. from MFM that has been like, oh man, I got this information on MFM and that's why I, that's why I blew up. And then everybody was like, oh, let's go listen to MFM and hear what that was about. Nobody. That's different. Yeah, I feel like what they talk about is just, hey, here's the really cool, interesting story or, yeah, here's the business and here's something, something successful, right? I think we can give kids and that these college kids that haven't run a business and haven't actually had to go and generate business a world of information, world of information. And yeah, I think that if they succeed from that information, that makes this thing valuable. Hmm. Interesting. I think, man, I'm trying to think. What if there was, because the edge here are men and women between the ages of 18 and 22. And if you just created some sort of, not brand, but maybe club or something that was like, hey, these are just going to be a bunch of resources, things like that. You could even take it 10 steps further and cut out the podcast and just be like, hey, we want to hear your story. Uh, we're putting together a collective of stories. Can you give you know a three-minute spiel on what? you're doing and then follow this outline and you collect all of that. That's actually pretty good. I think but the podcast then is more you, fun than that. that it is, is but I'm, I'm saying like, is a how do you get in touch with university of Washington, 21 year old building the next Amazon, right? You don't do that yet. Right. You, you, this is, this is a right. Facebook didn't launch in Harvard and go, Oh, how do we get into, how do we get into UT? They didn't do that, right? They launched local. The local got so hyped that it spread itself, right? We'll launch in Austin. Yeah, works, they're going to have friends and if it works, and people are going to be Baylor, Oklahoma, then Washington. Yeah, it's going to spread if it works, right? So and what's then, what's the thing that spreads it? You just yeah. like create. Yeah, but do you create it? That's what I'm saying. Like, do you make it a frat sorority club organization, or what takes it and makes it? 
pop on. I think you make it. A, I like the idea of the club, which you said, right? A club that has helpful materials, helpful information, helpful stuff inside of there, um, right? Doc, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, outlines for things, right? Outlines for business plans, outlines for financial models, outlines for cap tables, whatever it is. Um, legal docs, right? Let's show them what the legal docs look like, all that stuff. If you have that in some kind of like club or group, that's great. The podcast just becomes a funnel to that. Yeah. The problem that I see is like you can have it. And even if it's a very successful, everybody joins a club. Um, I mean, you're going to have some killers in there and you're going to have some people that aren't. And they're just like, oh, yeah, I want to start something. But they're the guy that starts a, you know, painting business and then woodworking and then, sorry, I'm knocking these businesses. Those are, if people do them, fantastic businesses. But you see what I mean, right? They're not. Well, I don't understand. It to, they're not worthy of being in there. No, they are. Um, but how do you. I don't know, vet, like who's creating something awesome and then who may not be. What you could potentially do is, um, yeah, you treat it like an organization, but everybody joins and then you have, you know, elected individuals within that organization. And it's like, hey, vet these uh, startup ideas or like, find the people more entrepreneurs that are just you feel are they're the next michael jordan type of thing you see what i'm saying okay i think i think that you are going so far down the rabbit hole and maybe it's because this doesn't sound fun to you in my mind it's like hey even if I wasn't, we're not making money off this podcast right now, right? We're not doing anything off the podcast right now. Even if I'm not doing anything or making any money off of it, I think it's fun to sure. just interview these kids, right? And just like learn about the businesses they're putting together. I think it would just be a good time. Wherever that leads yeah. us, let's just follow the road, right? I mean, we can't plan all this stuff out 10 steps ahead of time because we don't know where it goes. But it's going to be fun yeah, you're to do right. on here, just like email and be like, hey, man. We run a local podcast here in Austin. We want to get you on to talk about, I don't remember what you said the name of the company was. My computer died. Um, you know, you want to, you want to be on and talk about it. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. Sure. I think it'd be. Blast. Yeah. No, you're right. You can't. I mean, I'm going way, way, way. You're trying way to have a road. governance protocol for a club for like a, for like a startup club. Sure has hundreds of thousands of members and it's like, yeah, that'll work someday maybe, but man, we just get the fun part over with first and then we're done. No. Yeah. I got to do the content generation. So I did listen to, uh, the, how I built this podcast. I always listen to podcasts every morning, um, before like seven 30, but this, uh, what was it? Oh, it was the guy that wrote fault in our stars and paper towns, John green and his brother, and they had that YouTube channel that they started basically off a challenge, which was, we're not going to text each other for the entire year of 2007 or something. And the only way we communicate is via videos that we post publicly on this YouTube channel once a day, back and forth. And they did that for like 15 years or something. But they had, they, I think they said something it was a funny stat of 200 days of videos and they didn't even have 200 subscribers yet, but it was something that they just like stuck with. And I think that clicks like you constantly yeah. just have to keep pouring gasoline onto this content machine fire and hope it just keeps taking off. You know, so. It just takes consistency. That's all. Um, and and you, it's so consistency comes from fun, right? You got to be having fun while you're doing it. Um, yeah. So for me, like interviewing these kids and like learning about the businesses they're putting together, that just sounds like fun to me, right? I love talking to people about their businesses and how it works, especially if it's interesting. Yeah. We can vet these people before we invite them, right? Like, like if they have what you said, kind of a, a business that's going to work, but it's boring. 
we don't need to talk to them, right? We don't need to send them an invite to come on. But dude, if it's creative like this and there's something that could actually work there, let's do it. Let's see what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, and we can end on this. Um, we're going into the talk about 2023 content is king. It really oh, yeah. is. I mean, update. Um, update, I'm taking 30 minutes every lunch, like I've told you. Yep. And I just post videos and try to get a lot of likes, try to get a lot of people to watch, follow, listen, whatever. I think it's all just algorithm driven. Have you considered time of posting? I have, and I've changed it up and I've like saved to drafts and then I'll just remember or set a reminder and it goes off. I can't tell you like if one it's better than another. I have, it's funny you mentioned that, I have waited until like six, 7 p.m. to fire them off. Um, and I think that has helped a little bit, maybe not, because uh, I've done some in the middle of the day and it just, it doesn't hit anything. But since, and I even posted like a couple of updates recently, but in the last couple of days, 20 more followers to this TikTok account that I don't share with anyone. And I don't have myself as like findable from any of my contacts. And I've posted, I don't know, 30 something times, I don't know, a bunch. And 121 followers, 5,000 likes, one of my videos is up to 42,000 views. And it's, it's a lot harder than I thought. They're not pouring in. Like I thought TikTok would just keep pumping these, I don't know, people very interested in this content. But it's, it's going to get done. I'm going to get there. Um, February 5th, my goal of hitting 10K, which I'm 900, uh, 780 away looks 880 away looks pretty From difficult 10k followers oh yeah in one how month many, how many followers did you say you have 120 oh okay you got to get to 10k 10k in one month and i thought i could do it by a bunch of different stuff experiments testing whatever but it is it is challenging you can get some traction but the consistency has to be there. And if I don't hit 10K in one month, I'm going to push it out to the next month. Like, it's just going to be, it's going to be something that I can pull it apart. But once I get there, I hand it off to my sister. She runs it. And then I turn it into the exact dream that I think it can be, which would be great. But anyway, that's the super secret stealth TikTok content account. I think timing is everything, man. I don't remember what it's about. I, I, um, shoot, did we talk about what it was about? I don't think you told me what it was. Uh, travel. I can't. You said it was in travel or something, I think you said. You shut your mouth. I'm cutting this part out. <laughs> <laughs> you said that for sure. I'm really mad at you. All right, we're, we're cutting off. Thanks, everybody. You said that on a pod, dude. I can't say that. No, it's that's the secret. <sighs> You're the worst. I'm sorry, man. That's yeah. right. Everybody will find it. Um, uh, where was I going with that? Dude, timelines though. I think you should be playing with the time, the time of posting. Post like- I have. I, I, and, and what kind of spread, right? Like what sucks is you almost don't have enough time in a month with the amount of times you're posting. Like you should be posting 10 posts every hour through the 24 hour clock. Cause you don't know, dude, people in Indonesia might pick this thing up and just like watch it like crazy. Um, so you got to do it. I don't, like, I don't think they speak- english or most of them don't Doesn't maybe matter. they do i don't think it matters dude uh well i bet i don't know i guess some of them probably do all my point is like dude try you know try midnight try 3 a.m try 1 a.m <laughs> like try it all try 10 at each hour and then you can start to and be like these hours do better than these hours kind of thing you know i have i have picked apart like i can save it to drafts and then i would just at that point if i don't hit 10k by February 5th, I'm going to get this thing that just like schedules and sends them out. And it's just like a, you know, social media marketing tool. You can connect your Twitter, TikTok, all these things. But I would do it to just be that you could just load things in and they'll send it out. So what about deleting and posting the same video over and over and over again? 
post a video, let it sit for three days, delete it, post it at a different time. Cause it's the exact same video, right? It's the exact same stuff. Do but you- it doesn't show that you have like a history or consistency of videos or like if someone, cause you want someone to like follow the account. That's the whole point, right? That's, that's where you can monetize. You have or what, jump start it. videos up. Are you doing one video a day? Uh, no, I don't have 19 videos up. I started this on January 5th. I think I'm at like 28, oh, 29, 30. Two videos. a day, two or three a day. Yeah. That's insane, dude. You're crazy. I just try to pump them out like hotcakes. No, it's going to work. It is. I'm telling you, there's there's such a stupid reason why some of these accounts can just blow up. Either A, they got bought with a lot of followers, which is plan B. (laughs) I'm just going to drop some money to go buy one because it'll work. Or B, this is going to work. And it's going to be that graph of like nothing, 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 nothing. And then that arrow up that says the quote, this is pointless. And then exponential. Yep. That's about right. Yeah. That's from our boy. What's his name? Jack Butcher. Butcher. Something like that. Yeah. He made that graph and I see it kind of everywhere and I love it. I think it's so well done because you can just have stagnant nothing for years and then something happens and it's like made all those years of hard work worth it. Think about it this way. Think about it this way. This is exactly a good point of that. Video conferencing has been around since 2003, right? It was around for uh, 17 years before something happened that all of a sudden just made it exponentially more popular. It's kind of like the virus. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It was around since 2003 and and nobody used it. Nobody did anything with it. And then you never know. So yeah. Yeah. Cause everybody liked, uh, you're right. You're right. It just like, that's, that's something funny I need to show you because I was looking into this today. Um, but can you guess where zoom was in 2019? price or something yeah stock price yeah. i mean at it, the it had, end of 2019 i don't even know what the stock price is now but if i'm thinking market capitalization it was probably like a 200 million dollar company 300 million dollar company it couldn't have been more had to have been a micro cap no it was it was 19 billion back then it was a 19 billion dollar company in 2019 wow mm-hmm. and google almost bought it you ready where it's at today 200 yes billion 19 oh it's back to 19 billion Did max it's the out same billion? price it's the same price that it was ending 2019 yeah dang you to see that no you do like it's it got from what was it 66 i mean it got a little bit lower i think 63 yeah ish was like the lowest um, then it touched. Oh, that was actually after COVID and then it popped. But then, uh, the all time high was 511 and that was October 19th, 2020. And what is it right now? We got that high. It is at 66. So it was about $10. Dollars times, so it was like a $180 billion company at one point. I thought it maxed, I thought it reached like 200 billion. So interesting. That's very, sad. yeah, but. Very interesting that it has fallen from that all the way down. But it shows there might have been a crazy amount of, you know, overinflation inside of an inflated market cap. But do we think that the company that has three to five X more users and 10 X employees is the same valuation as it was in 2019? It depends on it depends on the cap structure. Yeah. Right. Like let's let's say let's say you grow your business. Let's say you have baskets capital, right? And baskets capital has some equity, it's got a decent amount of clients, and then you take on a hundred million dollars of debt and you hire a bunch of people and you do a bunch of stuff. Is your company worth any more than it was before, even though you That's have true. 
I haven't looked into how much debt they've pulled on or anything like that. You can find it easily with Yahoo Finance, but um, so I know, know that they haven't been doing well from like a forecasting perspective. Yeah, right. I mean, after they, you know, forecasting in 2020, like, oh, everybody's going to use this. This will never go away. And a lot of people still use Zoom, but competitors like Slack video, Google Chat, Microsoft's whatever thing that, that they free. bought. Google's free is just like so much better, except for you can't record it. So thank it you. Is, it is not better. I, I hate I hate Google Chat so much. Really? Yes, I am on Team Zoom. I just, I really dislike Google Chat. I'll do like a Slack huddle or something else. But man, every time I touch Google Chat, I've used different devices. I just think this sucks. Um, I'm not seeing a lot of debt on their balance sheet. Let me check this. Well, you're right. They hiked up the debt quite a bit in 2021. It went from 455 to 1.4. And then in 2022, 1.7. So they 4X their debt? Mm-hmm. But I mean, they 7X their assets. Did they 7X? Total cap. Did they 7X their users? I know there are some reasons why people are very against it. I don't know if it's a... Assets are tough. Be I mean, like, like, think about assets yeah. of like... It, they're never at, assets don't have to be valued at market value on the balance sheet, right? This is why assets are tough. And sometimes you can find a company that has assets on the balance sheet that are being carried on the balance sheet for way less than what they're actually worth. And you can be like, oh, this company's worth way more than what they have it priced at. And sometimes it's worth way less than what they have it on the balance sheet for, you know? So growth in assets doesn't help much. Um, Their operating cash flow, though, is. Severely down from where it was in 2022. From where it was in 2020. What about in 2019? 2019, it was 51. And today it's 1.2. 51 to 1.2? Uh-huh. Which is... Oh, so they doubled. Uh, they doubled. Million. Yeah. 50 or 500? No. Oh. 50. So they 100X'd it. From their trailing... Yeah. Or, yeah, I'm sorry, gonna send you this. Twenty x did. That was stupid. Uh, wait, it's hard. No, okay. more than twenty. Twenty. They twenty x did. Two x did have brought it to hundred. Ten x it would have brought it to five hundred. Twenty x it would have brought it. Yeah, to but it's almost at one point three. Yeah, twenty. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I mean. If they're operating cash, at the end of the day, it's the value is what you can get out of it. So if their operating cash flow covers their debt payments and they're there, they have enough free cash flow to compare to what they had in 2019, then, you know, or more, if they have more, then they should be valued for more. Maybe they're undervalued now. Who knows? Yeah. I haven't looked I at them a long time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep digging into them because it was just something that I had noticed. And obviously the market, did its thing today, but there are a lot of super, super popped up stocks at the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, that just yep. got slaughtered in 2022. Um, and, you know, economy and other market conditions definitely affecting that. But are there any today that really are at a terrific price? Because just like the Everyone wants to buy in and overreaction. Did everyone overreact and then oversell? Certainly. So, well, they will. Stuff that I'm yeah, looking at. Like, like what we'll know with hindsight, what we'll know with hindsight whenever it's all said and done is that they did. But we don't know when that point's going to be, right? Like we're going to know that people sure. sold and that they went way below where it should have been. But have they done that now? Tough to say. So. Couldn't tell you. That's what, that's what I'm just trying to read 
So my wash things tray to figure out and do. Really starting, to, starting to look okay now. I don't want to speak too too soon, right? Don't want to act too high and mighty because tomorrow I'll fall on my face. But uh, so far, the wash trade thesis is there. I mean, yeah, but it's still what January nineteenth. Yeah. That's assuming December nineteenth is when everybody sold. Why wouldn't they wait till after Christmas? Well, that was the thing, dude. With like, rally. I thought that like people wouldn't like think about mentally. You're like, okay, we're gonna take tax loss harvesting, but so is everybody else around us. So let's do it before then, right? And then all of their competitors are like, everybody's gonna do tax loss harvesting. So let's do it before everybody else. And so what happens is the timeline for harvesting gets pushed earlier and earlier and earlier because everybody's trying to beat each other to it so that they don't sell even lower. That's my thought process, but I don't know. I'm with you. If it's, if market is, let's call S&P 500, if it's, you know, above 4,000 first week of February and it stays that way, then I think that defeats your theory slightly. I think so too. But I would say so. Yeah, if it stays around the 3,800 level it's at right now, then or lower, I think you're right. We'll and then you see the little wash trade rally, dead cat bounce type of yep. market. The wash trade is- rally, everybody bought in, made it go green, and that made everybody else think, or you know, some people think, oh, it's over. So it goes a little more green, and then it's like, oh, no, not yet. Yeah. So we'll see. Dude. No, a lot of buy orders just just because, yeah. Only time will tell. So, all right, man, let's wrap it up. Anything else? Sure. No, I, I think that's it. We'll let everybody go. Thanks for listening. Cool. All right, man. Tell See our you. listeners goodbye, Braden. Say it. Goodbye.